With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And this guy down here, Brandon, you have not missed a field goal in your career. What's your secret? Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. And nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. You know what I'm talking about? The only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys, indeed. Total domination. It's what I'd call it that we witnessed from your Dallas Cowboys against those Eagles. First place is in the hands of the Cowboys. Let's talk about that on this episode of About Them Cowboys. Welcome in. I'm Kent from The Athletic, joined by The Athletic's own father, John Mishota, who's at the game, as well as Saad Youssef, and our host, KT Fun, first place. What's up, KT? Hello, fellas. And that was impressive. We'll talk about the Big win over the Eagles. Get you ready for the Bills as the gauntlet continues here. The toughest part of the schedule for maybe mm. anyone in the league. Is it anymore? Did you just watch the did you watch the Dolphins? Yeah. Well, that was a uh, that was not a great performance by them. Well, it was weird because they stars could be aligning, so to speak. KT. You know what? I was one thing I was going to ask later, and I'll just do it now because while we're here for. Even the last couple of years, there have been high points in the Cowboys' season on their runs to the playoffs. This one feels different, right? There's, this one feels way different than the last two years where you're like, oh, we're winning games and we're going to the playoffs. How different does this feel, though? Well, I will say that if they were somehow able to win the division and get to host a playoff game, some playoff games, it would definitely feel different for me. But the problem is I could see them going to Tampa Bay or New Orleans or Atlanta, winning that game, obviously, and then having to go to San Francisco or Philadelphia and not playing as well as we've seen them play at home. I just think it's such a different team when they're playing at AT&T Stadium. And so that's the only part of it where – you know, because of what the Eagles have left compared to what the Cowboys have left. That's the only reason why I'm saying, as of right now, they're coming off one of the biggest wins. I think it, I think Sunday night was the biggest regular season win of Mike McCarthy's time as head coach. I think his biggest win was the one in uh, Tampa just because it's a playoff game. But I thought that was the biggest regular season win. And so you should buy in this team as being one that has a chance to make a deep playoff run. They absolutely have the pieces there. Dak's playing at MVP level. Uh, things seem to be clicking, but that can change so fast in, in the NFL when if this team has to go to San Francisco. That's the one thing. If San Francisco had to come to Dallas, I would feel a little differently. It's the idea of having to go to San Francisco, and I think it'll be a great game, but I still would give the edge to the Niners because I think they are the best team in the NFL right now. I'll use Kent's example. Like, 
Uh, Miami sputters out of the gate last night against Tennessee, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, maybe they're not the most dangerous team in the AFC. And, you know, the, main, the most dangerous team in the AFC might be Buffalo, and we just don't know that because of the record, and they had a couple of close losses earlier in the year, and, you know, they're they're not far away from being, you know, a 10-3 and three team either, and that makes this week's game a little more interesting. We'll get to that in a second. Sunday night, just incredible on a lot of different levels. And maybe it's one of those things, too. Like, we all kind of felt everyone, all of us besides Saad, picked the Cowboys to win. We all kind of picked a close game. But seeing them roll like that and seeing Dak have full control and seeing the offense finally get to, you know, stretch out a little bit, too, when you got Michael Gallup making catches down the field. And to me, my favorite play of the game was the Jake Ferguson catch over the middle. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just – it's hard to imagine that offense playing any better than that. Yeah, I mean, outside of Dak's fumble, it was it was. I will say that there were some parts of the passing game that wasn't as good as we've seen him at other times. But for the most part, when you got the offense playing like that, you got defense calling causing fumbles the way that they were. Uh, you just really never allowed the Eagles really to get in that game, and that's just surprising to say for a team that came in at, at ten and two. You know, I mean, you just go back a couple of weeks before the Niners, uh, you know, beat the Eagles pretty handily in Philly. You're sitting there going, "All right, this is." Uh, this is probably the best team in football, and it, a lot's changed in the last two weeks, especially after seeing what the Cowboys were able to do to the Eagles. There were just even after the Jalen Carter picks up that fumble and scores, I'm still like, I still need to see more here because I just never felt like the Eagles' offense was as comfortable as I've seen them before. But I even in, even in saying that, I still thought they'd score at least one touchdown. I mean, to, to hold that's a good offense to to hold them without a touchdown is is crazy impressive. I, I did think it was. Interesting that Mike McCarthy yesterday when he was asked, he said that about the crowd. He said, you know, that crowd, I don't know if I've ever heard AT&T Stadium that loud. And I will say throughout parts of the game, it probably was about as loud as it can get. But it certainly was very loud when they played the Niners in the playoffs there a couple years back. It just obviously there was a lot more for the Cowboys fans to cheer about in this particular game. But no, they the fans brought it. Um, but I expected that because this is one of those games where you know, whether you're a season ticket holder or you're just a Cowboys fan, that you can only go to one game. You know, that was the game that you wanted to be at. Saad, let's bring you in. Here are your thoughts on Sunday night. Yeah, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was, uh, I mean, it was definitely beyond expectations. I thought the unit that, you know, you felt that favored the Cowboys the most was their offense against the Eagles' defense. And kind of, you know, going up again and going bouncing off of what John was just saying, I didn't see – the Eagles offense versus the Cowboys defense being the matchup that, you know, stole the show the way that it did. And so um, there was a lot to it. I think there was a lot of, uh, first of all, like, you know, as we were going through the inactives list 90 minutes before the game, like that's what really got me really excited about the game is because everybody was playing on both sides of, uh, on both sides, the Eagles, Dallas Goddard was back, like, you know, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, DeAndre Swift, Jalen Hurts. Everyone's there. Um, for the Cowboys, everybody's there. Obviously, you lost Trayvon and, and Leighton early in the season, but um, but everybody, like, like this was a good-on-good matchup, and the Cowboys uh, dominated. And and so I think, you know, it was really impressive on, on all counts. I think, um, for me, it was definitely the Cowboys' defense doing what they did to the Eagles' offense was – I don't want to be too hyperbolic, but it was far more impressive than what the Cowboys offense did because one, both McCarthy and Dak said after the game, 
um, or the day after the game that they both felt that there could they could have done more in the passing game and things like that. I do think what they did in the running game was a was a big boost. Um, but the defense, I'm not sure that you can really play any better. Uh, that was uh, they were opportunistic. They forced uh, turnovers. Um, you know, AJ Brown ticked off Stephon Gilmore on the first drive, and and uh, Stephon Gilmore had his best game as a Cowboy. So I think uh, I think overall it was it was really good. And then obviously, it, you know, actually John and I were talking about this after the game. But like, if you're what this game would be remembered for. After everything that I just said, after everything I talked about the offense and the defense, I think if we're talking six years later, seven years later, I'm not sure that Brandon Aubrey isn't the first thing that you kind of think about when you think about this game. And I know that sounds asinine, um, this big division matchup, but because what the Cowboys defense did wasn't impressive with the offense, there wasn't any like one major splash play like a pick six or a 70 yard touchdown or something you had a lot of really good detail oriented plays the splash plays was a 60 yard field goal and a 59 yard field goal so um just a really all-around great game Uh, i I will say this i think sad is losing or at least moving past the fact that the coach was out there without an (laughs) appendix okay I think that's what this game is going to remember for. Okay, and his own team a, couldn't remember a little that. jar around his neck. His own not. team, his own team didn't remember that. Duck the appendix. Who needs it? It's not even an important thing. Don't worry about it. He's back. Nah. So, so he was only able to come back because they caught it when they did, right? Like a ruptured appendix. I've had friends that be out for like a month with a ruptured appendix. It seems insane to me that he came back the same day they said i don't know if it ruptured i don't know if it ruptured that's what i mean they caught it before it ruptured and they just yeah. it's a lot easier that way so they caught it before it got bad which is awesome i guess yeah because i don't know if you've been following what happened with stephen colbert on the late show um yeah, right now but his his appendix ruptured and that's why he was out for like a week mm-hmm. or two whatever it was um but this didn't rupture so um as a as the uh, ambulance person in the office said when they were taking Dwight Schrute off on the stretcher, um, he'll be back in two to three days. And so I think the two to three day timeline was was pretty apt. You know, the, you're right, though, about there not being that like, I mean, I know the memorable play for me, I have it in my head. And I, th- I think I mentioned a minute ago, it will it will be the kicks because the Cowboys dominated that game so much. Yeah. It's like for me, it's hey, that close, or close games. You remember tackle. plays. Yeah. It's um, it's the Eagles slamming their helmets down and things like that. Those images from the game I'll remember. AJ Brown I, getting pissed off. I I the specific play for me. I'm sorry, sorry, I mentioned it a minute ago, but it is after the Eagles scored and made it 24 to 13, and you could feel things shifting a little bit, and the Cowboys were put in a third and six or third and seven, something like that, and then Dak hits Ferguson over the middle, and then Ferguson gets some yak, and. I'll be damned you're watching that and you're going, that looked like something Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or Mark Andrews might do. Yeah. And I'm not at all comparing him to those guys yet, but it had that same type of feel. And he started to exude some of those things that you see those guys who are basically wrestlers. <laughs> you see them do after he's making plays. I mean, that's been a little bit of, a, a bit of the fodder on the broadcast the last couple of games. And Collinsworth called him the enforcer and all that stuff. But, boy, I tell you what, that is something that's 
pretty awesome that's just developing and has improved steadily since he's been in the league. And you're sitting there and you're going, man, it was a good decision not to sign Dalton Schultz. This guy is kind of stepping into his own world right now. And I'm not saying he's going to put those numbers up, but man, the feeling of just that catch and over the middle and stopping the Eagles from making that a game because everyone in the building had a little tiny bit of, oh, third and seven. And we just fumbled and get like, you had a little bit of that going. And then yeah. that was, that was icing on the game right there. That play. Yeah. For me, for me, like, I think that play was huge. There was a catch earlier that Ferguson had on, on a seam route. That was really impressive too, for him personally. But uh, the non-kick play for me is definitely Gilmore's tackle on fourth down. I mean, that was, that was, you know, that's Devonte Smith. Um, I know he was well short of the sticks, but that's a guy who can break loose. And for Gilmore, especially when you went back and watched it on replay and saw where Gilmore was, how he broke on the ball. Um, I know there were three force fumbles and offensive plays here and there, but for me, it was definitely Gilmore's tackle was, was the non-kick play of the game. You know, you move past that and start going through um, injuries. Uh, Hankins is, I guess, probably the biggest one that jumps out. How uh, serious are we looking at there? Although I should say it's Tuesday, you know, evening as we record this podcast. So early in the week. He hasn't been ruled out for the Buffalo game or anything like that, but I think it would be unlikely for him to play. It's a high ankle sprain. And and to your point, though, it is the only uh, notable where, you know, it could be keeping someone out for multiple weeks. So, We'll see where it goes from there, but yeah, I wouldn't expect him to play in this game. Not not off of a high ankle. Now they, Stephen Jones did say on Monday that it, they don't believe it to be severe. So uh, if it was a severe high ankle sprain, then I would say yeah, you probably don't see him until the playoffs. But I think they're going to try and take it week to week. But it's not like they've sat there and said, oh, he's ruled out for this game. I just I think it's unlikely that he would play in this game. So. And that's important, too, because I'll, I'll tell you, that that's the one thing there, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, like, is this different or whatever? They got the pieces to make a deep playoff run if they can keep this crew healthy, particularly on offense. Like, I mean, they if they were, like, there's just moments in that game where you see, like, Zach Martin slow to get up. Like, if, if they lose anybody on that offensive line, I just think that things kind of, it's going to be tough to beat some of the better teams. But if you're able to keep this group together and, and and keep building week after week on the continuity on the offensive line, I mean, heck, I think one of the unsung heroes of this whole game was really the running game that they were able to get it to going against a team that shut them down in the run the first time that they played. It's the best that the running game has looking, looked, from my mind, against considering the opponent uh, all season. And so if you're able to keep that offensive line healthy and together, I mean, this thing can keep rolling. I just... I'm a little nervous for them for if they were to lose one of those offensive linemen for a game, a half, whatever, that next person to step up, that gives you a little little reason to be a, a little cautious there, a little nervous. Yeah, and I think you're getting a, a couple teams that are a little different trajectories in their season, and the Eagles absolutely can ramp up and get hot and go on a run. I think we all acknowledge that. Uh, you'll get Buffalo, you know, let's watch that, that – Bills and Chiefs game and almost kind of hoping that the Chiefs would have held on and won that game or hoping that Kadarius Tony would line up on sides because there was like a little bit of feeling in my head at least like there's a little bit of turmoil going on in Buffalo you start looking at stats like point differential and how many close losses they've had they're just as dangerous as as they've been um and that's where I was kind of like man if you could kind of get them to 
just quit a little bit. I know that's mental, generic stuff, but it does feel like there's a little more pressure on them to, hey, we're getting close every year. It's time. And I thought that, uh, you know, losing to the Chiefs would have been a, a pretty big blow for them. And now it could be something that kind of gets the ball rolling a little bit. No, I agree with you, especially considering the fact of that was coming off of a week where there was a pretty big story, you know, about in detail about yeah. their coach not looking the best. And that became, in the middle of the week, the biggest story in the NFL for sure. And I could see how that could have turned into something where they just look awful against the Chiefs. And it's, you know, kind of, I guess this is the end of this Bills run, you know, but they have the... They have the talent on the field that this is a team that they get hot at the right time. It would not surprise you if they were in the AFC Championship game. It wouldn't surprise me at all. If they if they were clicking and playing their best ball, considering what they've done in the playoffs in years past, and considering really the parity in the NFL right now, they are the type of team that if they get hot at the right time, they can make a deep playoff run. And so, yeah, you would rather see them probably coming off of a loss, but then at the same time, I don't think this Cowboys team is going to look at them as like, oh, this isn't the same Bills team it's been in the years past. Like I, yeah, especially beating the Chiefs like that, they're going to be they're going to be prepared to play a very good team. I saw the line was I think the Bills by two and a half. I think that's that's yeah. probably about right. So uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, as of right now, it's supposed to be in the 40s weather wise. Probably going to have some wind. That could be a factor, but certainly better than what it could be considering it's Buffalo in mid December. Yeah, I think I think the other thing is that, you know, I'm kind of I, I was honestly pretty surprised with just the amount of turmoil in Buffalo this season. Like you're firing a coordinator. You got this coach under fire, obviously, this week for comments from the past. And, and, and I say that because when you consider their last three seasons, each season, they've gone two rounds deep in the playoffs, at least, and only lost to Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow. Like that's that's where this team has been at. Like this isn't some like team in a tailspin or they've been in a decline. Like they've lost to Burrow or Mahomes and they've been two rounds deep every year. And so, um, you know, just the amount of turmoil this season, I mean, not even just the McDermott's comments from whatever, three, four years ago coming to light this week. But again, like this team fired a coordinator this season. I mean, that's, yeah. that's something you see like the Carolina Panthers do like not the Buffalo bills. So it is kind of been surprising to me at like just how this team has gone, especially they haven't even been, you know, in some sort of down season, they've been kind of, you know, staying afloat and things like that. Um, I think, I think more than anything is just kind of seeing Miami up there and, and, you know, maybe that does something for you if you're, if you're bills management or something, but, um, but yeah, I, I think this is a team to be reckoned with. And as John said, especially at home. Well, and, and the story, and it's a very lengthy one at that, the headlines were certainly McDermott's comments about 9-11 from a few years back, but the whole story is more about the fact of just how he's probably not the guy. You know, a lot of that them not getting to the next level is probably because of him as coach. And so it's it's a lot of scrutiny to be coming down on one individual as you're getting into a, a part of the season where you have to be playing your absolute best. I mean, it just... It looks like something that could easily be turned into a major distraction, and so it didn't appear like that was the case. And and they beat the Chiefs, and so we'll see uh, what happens with uh, the Cowboys. I think a lot of people are just fascinated to see what do the Cowboys do, you know, against a really good opponent on the road. Because there's no question they're the best team in the NFL at home this season. It's not just recently; it's this entire season. They would have the biggest advantage 
of any team in the NFL to have home field right now going into the playoffs. Uh, I mean, that it's crazy to think about again, because like we've talked about before, just it's not like a venue that you think of as just being a daunting home field atmosphere. But for this Cowboys team, they play their best ball at home on a level that no other team is doing right now. No, no, it's incredible. And I don't know. It's hard to see that the Eagles are going to slip up to the, you know, well, Hold on. Old DeVito's De- clicking, man. Tommy DeVito. <laughs> you can't he rule kinda, it out. He kind of had some old Romo vibes last night. Um, For the Cowboys to win the division, I think they have to win out. Yeah, no, they absolutely have to win I don't out. think they can I think there's not. There's, yeah, there, there, there's, there's such a little chance that they're going to slip up. Maybe Monday night in Seattle. The Eagles could slip up to Seattle. We don't even know if Geno Smith's going to play. Um, but, you know, that's a desperate team fighting for the life. That's a tough place to play. So maybe there, carve up their secondary. But I agree with you. Cowboys got to win out. And this is where, you know, you look at things. I don't you know. May, what, what oh, they, real quick, real quick. Can you imagine if they did and they didn't win the division? 14 well, wins is, and they're the five seed. The, well, this is something I was thinking of. How would you approach... Let's say it's a close game and the Bills get you at the end on a field goal or whatever, right? Uh, no one's gonna be surprised. If the Bills beat the Cowboys, you're not gonna be surprised. You know they're getting the favorite to win. Right. But let's say that happens, and then you're like, okay, well, now we need a lot of help here. The Eagles go take care of business. How do you approach those last three weeks? You're playing everybody. I think Mike McCarthy's shown us that his track record of, of December and what he wants to do in December. He showed up last year at Washington. Obviously, they didn't play well. They played their starters throughout, you know, and there was there was a very small chance that they were going to have a chance to win that division, and he did it there. So they would have to be mathematically uh, locked into that five spot, which would be, you know, second in the NFC's best record outside of the division winners. And going into that Washington game, yeah, I could see resting guys there, but it won't be before that. They will have to be mathematically locked into where they are, where they can't improve anything, and then, yeah, then he would, but not no two, three weeks like that. He wants to go in with them playing their best ball. So uh, that Washington game, though, that would be the one, and anybody that's followed this team should not be surprised by that. I mean, these it's funny how when the schedule comes out year after year after year, you see how it's like, Cowboys end against Eagles, Cowboys end against Washington, yeah. and very few of those games even matter. You know, it looks like on the schedule, like one of these years you're going to get an Ohio State versus Michigan game, and, and it, it almost never is. One of the teams is already in, one of the teams is so far out. You know, it's like they very rarely end up being compelling, and so it would not surprise me if that's the same thing that happens here. But, I mean, if the Cowboys are able to win these next two games on the road, I do think they take care of business at home against Detroit. And so if you're going in that game, a chance to win 14 games to finish season 14 and three on the win strength that they would be on, man, even if it would be a small chance of them winning the division, they're playing everybody against, uh, against Washington. Yeah. I think, I think also it's just, you know, if I was a schedule makers though, like I, if you're going to gamble on a division game at the end, I definitely would have had Cowboys Eagles on week 18 um, and tried my damnedest to do that because you know, we all knew what the division was going to look like coming into the season. It's played out pretty much that way. Um, you know, it, and, and when it does But do you come say down that to- right now? Would you, would you say that if you knew that DeVito would be playing like this? <laughs> it is, by the way, on a side note, that is really funny. You give Daniel Jones that contract and then Tommy DeVito comes in and, and does that. But, 
Um, but no, but do like, you think, I think that that's for real, or do you think it's a Josh Dobbs situation where everyone likes to throw out the flowers, but in the end, you're just like, but this really yeah. isn't the answer. This is just fun storyline, guys. But this isn't oh. really like this isn't. We're not answering anything here. We're just having a little fun, you know. Yeah, no, no. For me, with the quarterback, it has to be going into your third season before I think you're an answer for anything. I don't even care if you're the first. First, like I just got on the Brock Purdy train like a month last ago. week. No, I'm just so <laughs> so like yeah, it, it takes a while. But you know, I do think back to to your point, John. Like I remember that forty four to six game um, way back in the day um, in the uh, what was that mid two thousands? I think mid to late two thousands. Um, that was a big one. I remember the uh, the Kyle Orton game. That was obviously big and unfortunate um, the way that hand you know played out, but. I think if you can time it out, if you can if you can gamble the right game, then that week 18 could be crazy. But uh, because then it's a playoff game. But like, yeah, you had to have scheduled Cowboys Eagles for week 18 for for that to happen. Yeah, I would say this, first of all, the DeVito thing is quite assuredly Josh Dobbs, Taylor Heineke an entire career of Ryan Fitzpatrick, whatever you want to do, you know, all those guys. Um, it's fascinating though. And it's funny that he's going to win them enough games that they're going to put themselves in a position where they can't really get a top quarterback. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're five and eight. Hell, they're in the playoff hunt technically because they've got five teams at six and seven and they're five and eight. So they're still in it and still playing for something and game planning. So maybe they do go give the Eagles something. If the Eagles secondary doesn't play better at some point than Maybe some teams can carve them up a little bit, but we all, I think we kind of have a good feeling. Also, you know what? I'll say this too. I'm going to take go back from my jumping to conclusions that the Eagles are just going to run the table. Arizona with Kyler Murray, they're still bad, but it's different. It's very different. I mean, there's a reason Nick Mullins is quarterback in the Vikings now. Josh Dobbs is not that great. He just played well for a while. Played really great against the Cowboys. Yeah. And it sucks that that game is, sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, but... It's where we are. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back on that. I don't know that the Eagles just run the table. And I, I don't, I'm not I'm not locked into them running the table either. And that's not necessarily just because I'm not like sipping on Devito Kool Aid or or even Kyler Murray or anything like that. It's more about the fact that I know it's a long time ago and you can't compare, you know, week one or something. But the Eagles beat the Patriots by five. They they beat the Commanders by three and by seven. Like. This is a team that has played around with their food quite a bit with these with these uh, with yeah. these bad teams all season long. I mean, they lost to the Jets. Um, you know, so I think now at the yes, they beat the Chiefs, they beat the Bills, they beat the Dolphins. I, I get that, but my point is, is you know, you never know, and and beating a team twice in three weeks is never a team that's not like you know just absolutely hot garbage is is never the uh, easy thing. So. I, yeah, I'm with you, KT. I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the Eagles will ninety, maybe eighty to ninety percent run the table, but I'm not locking it in at like a hundred percent. Well, and they're also working against two curses right now. I mean, there's clearly a curse that Sod and I believe that's been lifted with the Cowboys, with Jimmy <laughs> Johnson finally going in the Ring of Honor. Um, but also, he's going. They're going against that NFC East curse, man. That no one's yep. won it back to back since 2004. So if something wild happened in these last couple of weeks, I mean, that would really, it's, it is so crazy because like one year, like I think it was last year, I broke it down and it's like every other division, it goes like maybe two, three years tops before someone wins it back to back years. And in most divisions, it's like one or two years. 
And then there's the NFC East, and it's just like 15, 16, 17 years where just like always a different team. So that they do have that working against them, and so hey, maybe something happens there. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. And then the other one is just uh, the Eagles, to me, have already exceeded my expectations on, of a team that um, not only lost the Super Bowl, but lost the Super Bowl that they probably feel like they should have. They were in position to win. And generally speaking, when that happens, those teams the following season don't come back and play as well as this Eagles team has, despite all the close games. I mean, they still, hey, man, they got 10 wins uh, already with, with four left to play. I mean, they got a chance to win 14 games. That's that's pretty impressive. So we'll see. But I, I still think that, man, it's, it's going to be tough for the Cowboys if they lose a game to win the division. I want to go into... Um... I'm sorry, I do this sometimes this time of year, but weather should be cold. And I've you know, you rip out the game logs, you can go find a couple of games. There's not one last year. But doesn't it kind of at least does it at least cross your mind? Where's that big iconic cold weather win? Like that the Cowboys have needed. I know like you can look at the year where they won the two years ago where they finished the season in Philadelphia. I think they put up fifty on the Eagles. In the last week of the year, there's that one, and that was yeah. a 30 degree type of game. I'm just wondering if there's anything there yet. You know, one thing is the Bills do play in this mess all the time, and 15 degree to 20 mile per hour, uh, 15 mile per hour to 20 mile per hour winds, definitely going to be around 40 degrees. Chance of rain, not a high chance, but a little chance of rain. It's something the Cowboys do not do much. And I guess that's as simple as, hey, we're going to practice outside a little bit here this week and all that stuff. But uh, I don't know. How much of a factor do you think that would play for, for the Cowboys? Because it's not like they play in these conditions hardly ever. You look at last year's schedule, there's not – I mean, that, that road game at Tennessee on Thursday night, that was a 56-degree, you know, weather type of night. Cowboys don't play in these type of conditions very often. No, it's a good point. It's valid, you know, for sure. Um and then just considering how well they've played when they have been inside on turf, you know, they've been outstanding. So it is going to be something different for them. But I still think that they have enough veteran players. I, I don't that have been in these situations that will show up. I, and I also, I don't look at Dak as I know that there's some people have said before, like, oh, he doesn't play good outside in cold weather or whatever. I don't really look at that as being a case with him, especially with how well he's playing right now. Do I think he's going to have his best game of the year against Buffalo? No, but I think he'll do enough to, uh, put them in a position to win the game. He's just playing too well right now. His confidence is sky high. Um, and so I think it was also a really good sign that they were able to get some stuff going in that running game because you're going to need this. You're going to need that in this game for sure. If you can get Pollard some of the room that you did in that game, you know, Rico Dowdle had some really good runs too. Dak, obviously, you know, that's the one thing that you point to when you go to the, back to that Niners game till now. He's certainly using his feet a lot more, not just as a runner, but to, you know, extend plays and things like that. Maybe this is a game where he uses them a little bit more as a runner. Um, and then the other thing is, I just I think that this defense, I think this defense will show up in in, in this type of environment. So it's not going to be easy. I mean, it's going to be a. I think it's going to be much more like the Seattle game than it is going to be like that Eagles game. Let's put it that way. I can see that too. So, so Stefan Diggs, uh, it's kind of been a big story. I mean, Stefan Gilmore's gotten the big assignments the last couple of weeks. I mean. Well, playing a couple teams that have multiple good wide receivers, but you really look at the Bills. You know, one of those teams that has a true number one, just like we do, I guess. Um, but has that true number one? Does it feel like 
you know, they don't really don't like to, to do a lot of switching and following and, and trailing too much, but you have Diggs. I know that'll be a story all week long too, is, you know, Trayvon Diggs giving advice on how to cover his brother and all of that good stuff. But also I think you look at James Cook is kind of the player for me that I get a little nervous about that running back who could do a little bit of everything. Like Austin Eckler to me, it does not worry me too much. Um, no offense to him, but that bigger type of running back. Saquon doesn't bother me too much against the team, although we know he's awesome. But that kind of Jameer Gibbs type of guy like they have with James Cook, that's the type of guy I think concerns me at this defense more than anyone outside of, you know, your quarterback who can run and will run. Um, but, you know, they did a good job containing Jalen Hurts the other night, so maybe not that big of a deal at all. Yeah, I think I think the quarterback thing is the thing that is still – the most intriguing to me more than Stefan um, and more than more than even the running back and anything like that. But just because I'm curious, because I understand they went against Hertz and stuff, but Josh Allen, I I haven't done the, uh, the statistical research or anything behind this, but it just feels different with him. Like it just feels like he's, he's just this like big tank. That's like always. And, and you know, I do wonder if, you you know we saw Dan Quinn for example against Seattle make the halftime adjustment um, by putting Gilmore on on D, DK Metcalf. But I wonder if Josh Allen starts doing anything and you you go like you know because I don't know how much they did this with Jalen Hurts of where you're just like spying the guy. But when you look at the players that they have and you know a guy like Marquise Bell who's a linebacker safety um, and and like you know Josh Allen starts becoming a problem do you to just tell Marquise Bell like hey you know this is your man tonight and uh you're just gonna lock in and we're gonna play we're gonna play 10 on 10 otherwise and so um he is the one that I think kind of makes it all makes it all really intriguing for me yeah I think like you look at everything that's happened did uh, did you guys get to talk to the special teams coordinator this week we did okay because I forgot about the one thing there's one outside of the Dak fumble what happened on that fake punt? Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> that was wild. That, that, you can't have that. I mean, that's in a situation where most people are expecting the possibility of a fake punt. And believe me, if it's some really well-drawn-up play and you're just like, man, that they've been saving that one all year, it was the snap it back to the punter, punter stand there, throw open to wide open receiver. Like, Really? You guys didn't have any idea that that was a potential situation with how aggressive this Eagles team plays, where the game was in that situation. Fossil took the blame for it, but I'm telling you that that was that was bad, man. That 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 can't be happening. Yeah, that could have been a play that gets them right back in the game, changes up the momentum of everything. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, just, I, uh, I don't know, but it's funny just to, when you're watching the TV broadcast, it immediately just cuts to bones, just looking furious, uh, furious on the sideline, but. Uh, it's funny too. Another thing that was like a, just a quick TV broadcast observation: uh, the post game show. It's just funny. You've got Dak, and you've got uh, Stephon Gilmore, and then you got Brandon Aubrey, <laughs> and Melissa Stark. You know, gets the microphone over to Brandon Aubrey, and he's like, "It's like he just sat there and watched Dak and Stephon Gilmore give really good one day at a time. It's a process type answers." And then he does the same thing about kicking. He's like, oh, yeah, just trying to do my job every day. And you can tell he like, never been interviewed, <laughs> at least on that stage. It was just kind of funny to watch. It was, it was almost an adorable moment for the uh, I'll t- I'll biggest threat this, in the man. NFC. 
to be able to even try out to kick for an NFL team, you got to have a big leg. You know, you got to be able to make these field goals and stuff like that. And so a lot of times the thing that separates these guys is the mental side of it upstairs. And I think when you're in a spot where Aubrey is, I think everything's going in a good situation. I think the last thing you want to do in that spot is say something wild or you're just trying to, hey, I'm here to do an interview. Let me just keep going on with my day. If everybody (laughs) wants to forget that I'm on the team, that's fine. Let's just keep let's keep doing what we're doing here, you know. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because we always, you know, the standard around here has always been Dan Bailey. And I went back and looked at and looked at just, you know, how he performed and he missed five kicks his rookie year. Um not I mean that's not egregious by any stretch of the imagination, no. but like he was thirty two for thirty seven, I believe, and then he missed a couple like Dan Bailey has never gone a year making every single kick. Like that's never happened. And so um now Brandon Aubrey's missed a few extra points, but um but yeah so that's that's really interesting to me is just you know we always kind of saw dan bailey as mr automatic and this this guy's even this guy's even crazier so looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, uh, maybe, maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but I'm I'm okay doing this because it's uh you know this is where it could end up panning out. These are wild like playoff chases right now, like at the back end of things for the wild card hunt. And the Cowboys are pretty much the five. I I don't see a scenario where the Vikings, who are the six, getting up there. The Cowboys are probably going to end up the five unless the Eagles. You know, you know we know how this could work. Four games left of the regular season, but if you had to go like right now, let's say it was over, who would you rather have, the Saints, Falcons, or Bucks? <laughs> uh, and I Bucks. know we can all say it doesn't matter, but it's a road game. Keep that in mind. Yeah, Bucks for me, I think that would be the most favorable uh, crowd, uh, most Cowboys, pro-Cowboys crowd. But, I, I mean, it, it's, it's very close. Uh, I don't think any of those teams are on the level of the Cowboys, even on their best day. Um I just know that New Orleans can be rocking for a playoff game in that situation to play spoiler. And but you could easily say to me, yeah, but look how great this team's played indoors on turf. So 
go play the Saints or the Falcons. I, I totally get that. But for me personally, the way they took care of business last year against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay and Tom Brady was on that team, yeah. uh, that, that'd be the one I would pick. Yeah, for me, it's, uh, again, n- n- none of those three is, it feels daunting. I, I you know, easily pick the Cowboys double digits in either game. But for me, if, if you're asking, I, I would say any anything but New Orleans. Like, And I don't mean that like scare away from New Orleans. I just say of those three, that don't it's not just that that environment but for me i always look at quarterback first and and Derek carr for me is the guy that on one on any given sunday one day you know that he could more than the other two guys just you know have a really good day i mean he's he's shown the ability to do that and you just run into him on the wrong day and and maybe he does that you know we saw geno smith just do it uh to the cowboys defense last week now he doesn't have those weapons or anything, but you can't see um, Baker Mayfield doing that. No, okay. <laughs> or Desmond Ritter. No, um, Baker but... Mayfield, former number one overall pick. <laughs> yeah, Oklahoma nope, sooner. Don't... Yeah, don't see that. But um, but yeah, I think I you know none of those teams scare me. But yeah, just the Derek Carr factor. I would say you know that that would be the the least one. Yeah, I what watch. If, what if Jameis has to come in? Sorry, go on. That would well, be that would be. I think there that's when you start betting like okay does the Saints wide receiver catch more touchdowns or the Cowboys defense like what like <laughs> what are the chances here like you know Deron Bland's going to get a couple and then you're like all right but does like someone else does James throw a third to the Cowboys defense and he'll throw three to the Cowboys defense and three to the Saints too so no absolutely he will he's <laughs> in that type of scenario if you told me that that's that that's what happens. The Cowboys have to play the Saints in New Orleans. I'd rather play Derek Carr than Jameis Winston. Yeah, Jameis Winston's so way too. more of a wild card. Where you're just like, I don't know what's going to happen here with with Derek Carr. I I I don't know. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. There's just. And I like Derek Carr. Don't get me wrong. He's definitely good enough to be an NFL starting quarterback. But he, since he's been with the Saints, he, he there's been not much he's done that's that would make me nervous in that situation. No, yeah, it's with funny. Baker, the only thing is that the receiver, it's like, it's like you got Mike Evans there and that's yeah. the, that's the thing that scares you a little bit. Yeah. And I, I can't really, I mean, Kamara is a, but I, I watch, give me the Falcons so much. I watch so much effing red zone. And it, you just see Desmond Ritter miss more throws than hardly anyone else in the league. And then it cuts to Arthur Smith with his dumb mustache and his vest and looks just like, Strong. hey, man, I can't believe that's what I have to do. But Heineke's so bad, I can't play him anymore. It's a uh, – so give – yeah, you know the Falcons. I know that was a dumb scenario to throw out, but it's a realistic no, thing. It's and, a, it, no, they're all debatable because they're all – they all got their little thing that makes them better than the other, but then also have their thing that you're like, oh, yeah, obviously you want to play them. They're terrible. Uh, they they have no business making the playoffs. So no, and and they're all clumped together. So it could be any any one of those three. Um, officials, I'm sorry, the owners meeting in Irving this week, talking about a lot of things. One of the big things in the docket was international games, and once every four years, you'd be required to play an international game. That's probably going to get voted through, but undoubtedly, the talk of of the refs is going to come up, and. I think we should do just a couple minutes on it before we pick our games here. We all saw the play in the Kansas City game. We saw the reaction from one of the faces of NFL and Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes. 
Uh, y'all's thoughts on all of that? Because I definitely had some, have some opinions. And uh, I don't know if, uh, you know, I know that was right before the game. I don't know if you guys were able to see it live when it happened too. you know, the, the Travis Kelsey lateral. But uh, this is the, you know, kind of the story of the last few days for some reason. And that's what the, where the NFL is right now. I have a lot of what? thoughts on this. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I'm a huge fan. Uh, he's my favorite player to watch in the NFL. And uh, he just handled that very poorly after the game. It was very not to the level of Dak okaying, being cool with fans throwing stuff at the officials after the Niners game, which he later issued apology. But it made me think of that because it was a yeah. moment where this it's an individual who is uh, so famous, uh, you know, such a, a face of the league. And you almost never see them have a moment where you're like, you're in the wrong right here. Like, I don't care what you say, you're in the wrong. And so for me, when I saw that, I thought it was a combination of he's not going to sit there and start ripping into his teammates. So where can he post this blame to? Because he's clearly frustrated. And let's be honest, his frustration should stem from the fact that they have not put good enough players around him. He has not gotten good enough weapons for how talented he is. So that factored in with me. The other part of it was I feel like it was probably him venting a little bit because that should have been a pass interference that was called at, at the end of the Packers game uh, on the, on the deep ball there. So, yeah, but his anger there was in the wrong spot after the, after the bills game, that was, that was on Kadarius Tony. Um, he lined up off sides. There's no, Hey, let that play go because it was a, it was a great play. That's not how it works. So that was a bad moment for, for Patrick Mahomes. And I, I'm pretty sure that he's owned up to that and, and said as much, but it surprised me a little bit because He's been in the spotlight so much since he's been in the NFL. He's the face of, of the league now with Brady being gone. And you just, there aren't many, when you're usually criticizing him with anything non-football, it has to do with stuff about his wife or his brother or something like that. Like he usually handles everything perfectly. And so, hey, everybody has bad moments and, and that was one for him. And it's not that big of a deal, but it was just interesting to see him do that because you rarely see that from him. Yeah, for me, for me, like it's 100 for me, it's the first thing that I thought of was Valdez Scantling. Like, I really do think it was a carryover from the Packers game because that because you've lost that game. And then, you know, you're this happens again. I don't like I didn't like the way he handled it. Obviously, I you know, it was not the right thing. I, I just don't have don't don't really care. Like for me, for me, it's the track record. Like this isn't a guy that does it all the time or anything like that. Um, there is some level of like, okay, he didn't like hit someone. He didn't like, you know, get violent with a ref or something like that. He lost his cool. Like if you've played sports at any level, like if you've played middle school, high school sports, you know, that that happens in the moment. Um, it can't happen all the time, but like, you know, you get a one time free, free pass. And for me, more, more or less, it was kind of a free pass, um, for him. I mean, I know Andy Reid and, and, and. Yeah, he he can. He's not going to rip into his own teammates, and and um, you know, there's there's situations if you want to bring it back to the Cowboys, um, whether it's Jalen Tolbert doing basically the same thing, um, in, in a big in a big game, or uh, for me, it was even like last year when, or two, two uh, there's two things, and I think for, with each of the playoffs games, like you can't put the ball down, and the re- the ref has to touch the ball, like whether you know it or not. Like refs got to do it, and if you're gonna go down, set the ball down, try to snap the ball, and get pissed at the ref, that's on you. Like, like at the end of the day, that's your fault. And the same thing with Dalton Schultz, um, you know, going out of bounds the way that he did in the playoff game last year too. 
that's on you. Like you should know that. And so, um, or like, you know, even if you want to bring it back to this year with uh, Chuma Odoga, not, you know, um, you know, uh, be, reporting is eligible. You can get mad at the official for that, but that's still on you. And so there are things that, yes, like this Kadarius Tony for me falls into that where it's on him. But Patrick Mahomes' track record is way too spotless for me to really, you know, uh, act any kind of like fake and raged about it. It's, just, it's the same way that I felt when Dak called out their officials. I was like, yeah, that's not great, but your track record is way too spotless for me to for me to care. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I think that's like, I think that that's a good point. Like, there's uh, the 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 easy uh, way to go is to be fake outrage. I almost think like the the discourse on some things like it gets too big, and let's like lock in on what we're really bitching about. Are we bitching on overall the officials? Yeah, it seems like it. Are we bitching about a, a couple of crews that play, which caused you know the minute of going to the. I mean, dude, that's a flag that's thrown before the lateral even happens. So it's not like, you know, when his, uh, his whole thing is like, ah, it's just awesome and I'm a f- football fan and football fans don't want to see this. I'm like, well, dude, the ref threw the flag not knowing that Travis Kelsey was going to throw a pretty cool lateral to, by the way, the guy who had a fraction of a head start is the guy who scored. <laughs> you know, it's like, it actually, I think it's, it's like all a good point. And I, I do get back to last week, but last week, Yes, egregious no call on the pass interference. Also, a fairly egregious call where a quarterback gets hit in bounds and they got a personal foul. I think there's a big thing going on, and I think the players, when the players start bitching about it, that makes the fans bitch about it more. And one of my least favorite things about sports is when people get mad at the refs. And I was to say, everyone gets screwed in life. So just accept it. And that's why I think instant replay has ruined a lot of sports. I really do. I mean that. I, I just yeah, like the fact that truth. people I think like the fact that people look at that play because it was a cool play as if they should have let that go. Like almost like if you're like, hey, Tyron Tyron just held on this play, Dak. Just throw a deep ball. Maybe C D comes out with a cool play and the and the refs will be like, Nope, sorry, no holding. That was a sweet yeah. play. Touchdown Cowboys. Yeah. Like that's not hey, the but, world that we're going to be living in people. With the amount of times, and this is off topic, but this is related to what John just said. The amount of times that I, I don't watch enough football throughout the entire league all day, you know, just covering the Cowboys now, but like um, the amount of times the refs throw a flag and then just come on the mic and be like, well, never mind, no foul on the play. I feel like that happens like three, t- four times a game yeah. with the Cowboys. It's crazy. Um, that's one, that, that's a, that's a sidebar, but real quick on your point, KT about the discourse of that particular play. The only thing that I'm, I'm like open to like hearing the conversation about is if that should be a play that's whistled dead. Like once the ball is snapped and if the, and if he's lined up off sides, blow a dead right after the snap, like right there plays done. You don't even let the play run five yeah. yard penalty back the offense up that I can see happening that, that I'm fine with but that's about it i I think you could treat it like a false start so that if the defense gets an interception they can decline the penalty right yeah right i'm saying like i'm saying if you want to if you want to favor the offense which you know Mm. seems to be the thing i'm saying that is one thing that like if you want to change again yeah i think that is screwing the defense because the offense gets free plays on offsides but um but if you did like that would be the only small concession that i would see 
it's a highly impossible job. And this is what I think would really help more than anything. It's not going to solve everything because you can't. It's 11 uh, guys going up against 11 guys crashing into each other. It's why football is amazing. Okay. But just this simple conversation with the crews who have nationally televised games. If you have Thursday night, you have Sunday night, you have Monday night. Maybe the prime window, the national game of the week on Sunday at 325. Tell those crews, look, keep the flag in your pants. And because because I think I think people can accept things not being called more than things being overly called. And we have too many like nationally televised games. Dude, no one's going to know what's happening while seven games are all happening at noon. No one's going to know. Okay? It doesn't it doesn't matter. It'll get attention in those markets. It won't become a national story. But like when you have the entire spotlight on you on these one national televised games and you have you know crews who are throwing a lot of flags, it's turning into a ref show. It's just a little too much ref on the microphone. It's more about that to me than it is about missed calls. Missed calls yeah. happen. Well, I, here, here's why I disagree a little bit, KT, because it was uh, what we both, what we all talked about right now was the Valdez Scantling play, and I think that that's like you know if you're swallowing your flag there, and the other thing is where uh, when you look at in the last ten years, twenty years maybe, the one play that literally led to a whole like freaking reformation was the no call against the Saints. So if you're if you're swallowing the flag too much in those big moments, I mean that that literally led to like you know now you can challenge pass interferences. So I, I hear you. I think no like swallowing the flag is better than overcalling it. Um, but if you swallow it at the wrong moment, Valdez Scantling Saints in the playoffs, I think I think that's gonna that becomes like the big headline too. Well, we've solved nothing. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get our picks in here. I'll go first, guys. Buffalo 27, Cowboys 24. I think they're more dangerous than they're getting credit for. And that sounds weird to say that about Buffalo. But, I don't know, There's because of their record, I think some people were talking about how crucial last week's game was, and it was a crucial game. But, like, there's been some close losses. And to me, when I watch the Bills play, and I know they've made some changes on offense, and... Josh Allen throws some interceptions. They kind of remind me of last year's Cowboys a little bit too. We may be asking those questions like, do we have any more than CeeDee Lamb and Tony Pollard? And they're going, do we have any more than Stephon Diggs and James Cook? Like, do we have any more than quarterbacks throwing some interceptions because some things aren't happening? But I think that offense is starting to get figured out a little bit. That's a middle-of-the-league defense. And I think the Cowboys can carve them up. I do worry about the weather still, fair or not. And I'm not putting Dak in Jared Goff territory. Jared Goff's a guy who can't go in in the cold. He's proven that. He can't. Small hands. Like, the hands, it will ride all along. Seven years, it turns out it's true. His hands are too small. And he looks a lot like Ryan Gosling to me. That's just me. So, I'm going uh, Buffalo 27-24. And I'm sorry, because I could see this going a lot of different ways. But, had to do it. Picked the Cowboys like five or six weeks in a row. It's time to make a change. So, all right. Sod, we're going to you, buddy. All right. I think I think the Cowboys are playing way too good. Um, I think they carry this over into the, onto the road. Um, I do see it like I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I, 
you know, I, I, I don't, like I said, I don't see them running, but I think this week, um, I think Cowboys 35, Bills 31. Okay. Uh, John? I'm torn. This is a 50-50 game to me. Uh, Josh Allen's a better quarterback, no question, at home than he has played on the road. So I think he's going to have a good game. But And I do think the Cowboys split between the Bills and the Dolphins. But I'm not going to give him the loss on this one. Maybe I'll go next week. I just can't go against this whole Jimmy Johnson, the Ring of Honor curse. So I'm rolling with, I'm rolling with the Cowboys. Uh, give me the Cowboys 23, Bills 20. Were you thinking about flipping a coin? I was. I just think it's going to be a really, really, really close game. And, man. It is tough. I, I honestly, I have no issue either way. And the only game that I've, only game I've been wrong on this year is Arizona, and I've felt really good about all my picks all all season long. But this one is just, it wouldn't surprise me one way or the other. The funny thing about the uh, Jim uh, Jimmy Johnson thing, by the way, is just that Jerry spent the last thirty years trying to win without Jimmy, so he can say that he didn't he he could win without Jimmy. And if he wins the Super Bowl this year. It's just going to be the Jimmy Johnson curse was lifted. So you won because you put Jimmy in. So you won because of Jimmy again. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. Speaking of that, um, uh, also if that happened is just hearing uh, Jerry uh, Friday morning, or sorry, my bad, Tuesday morning on the fan talking about how that Netflix crew has been everywhere. Uh, went with them when, you know, he goes up oh, to yeah. Missouri on Thanksgiving. They went up there. Uh, they were around him. I believe he he was talking about the Big 12 championship game because his grandson plays for Texas. Like they've been around him so much that they would have so much great great footage if it went all the way to the Super Bowl. I mean, they're already gonna have all the you know 90s you know flashback stuff and obviously a lot of stuff with Jimmy uh, going in the Ring of Honor, going to you know going back to that Carolina game when 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 they announced it. Obviously, footage of him putting him in the Ring of Honor. Yeah, they Netflix. I would say is probably the biggest Cowboys fans right now. They would probably love, love nothing more than if this is the season that they finally snapped their 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 uh, Super Bowl drought. Yeah, that's gonna be good too once we get our hands on that. Yeah, there's um, gonna be a lot of a lot of McGriddles getting salted. <laughs> uh, let's go to Kent. Yeah, I'm with you, John. I can't can't vote against these Cowboys with how they're playing right now. So I'll pick Cowboys 30, Bills 27. Do you think they'll throw a dildo on the field? That's possible. That's possible. They've already shown <laughs> that's track Buffalo. record of that possibly happening. And, and uh, yeah, it gets, it gets stuck to someone's helmet. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully this hopefully is known so. as the, the Mozzie Smith game. Um, hopefully. We'll see. All right, guys. Good work. We will reconvene next week, getting ready for another AFC East foe and those Miami Dolphins. They looked a little banged up last night against Tennessee, but uh, one game at a time, fellas. One game at a time, and we'll get through it, too. We'll get through Monday night's Eagles game, maybe come back next Tuesday if that works for you guys. Um, you know, and I think it'll be up to Kent if he wants to edit up the last five minutes. Um, for John Mishota, for Saad Youssef, Check them out. Follow their stuff all day long on The Athletic and for our producer, Kent Garrison. 
who is going to be a candidate for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame one day. I am Kevin. We'll see you next week.